0: Today's woke left is frantically engaged in a campaign of political nihilism or nihilism, depending on whose side you're on. Uh, this is the sum and substance of their program. They want to level the institutions of market society and family, schools, church, and synagogue, our judicial system. They say the country is structurally warped and must be remade from the top to the bottom. But what they reject at bottom is our biblical inheritance. So there, 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 there's that. And If you get uh, skip to the, the final segment, the truth is their stumbling block. You'll find this, or you'll read this. The woke left now controls the commanding heights of American culture. The media, the entertainment industry, the corporations, academia, and government. They seek to marshal their combined cultural power against those who disagree. They seek to shame us, to isolate us, to silence us if they can. They seek to protect their power, and they can succeed, but only... If we allow them. (laughs) I like the comment in the chat room, make carbon great again. (laughs) How about make CO2 great again? In truth, their vision is bleak and their ideology is brittle. They do not understand the deep strength of the market people because they do not understand the deep goodness of their character. They see only deplorables who must be re-educated. They do not understand our history and our ideals because they do not appreciate the truths on which this nation is based. They do not realize these truths have been uh, have made us good and made us strong. And truth is their problem. The woke ideology, the warmed-over cultural Marxism, is not true. It's true. It's true. That's not true. Race and class do not define all that we are. Society is not an unending struggle for power and domination. Basically, what he's saying here, how many of you know or are familiar with the work of Thomas Hobbes called Leviathan? I know I, Jaconus. Uh, would know this, and some of you other philosophical types. What was Hobbes' basic theme? And by the by, Hobbes was threatened with excommunication and withdrew the work. I forget the Pope, Celestine V, or or, or, or somewhere around then, put Leviathan on what was called the Index. It was the Index of uh, Prohibited books or bo- prohibited works. What was Hobbes' basic theme? What was the premise? That man is a beast, that we're n- no different from chimps, no different from bears, no different from lions. No different from any of the animal species and uh, that only violence and power can bring about any sort of peace. So if you want to have peace, you have to have strong, violent, powerful, wicked men in charge. That's basically Hobbes' theory. Now... I'm taking a little liberty with it. That's uh, it's probably a, a bit more nuanced than that. But if you get a if you if you read the cover, or look at the cover. There's people I can't picture. I think I have it somewhere. Oh, there it is. KV just put it in the chat room. Uh, look at look at what KV just put in the chat room. Look very carefully at the the guy that looks like he's king at the top of the page, at the top of the cover. Those are people that make the body of Leviathan up. She's got a sword in one hand and a sort of scepter, kind of a crow's ear uh, in the other. So the premise is man can only be ruled by the threat of violence. That's basically the premise. Well, that's your average environmentalist wacko today. They think that you and I can only be made to be good citizens and good little tree huggers by the threat of violence, and they intend to deliver that violence. As a matter of fact, they are delivering that violence. Freezing people to death this winter is visiting violence upon them. That's a violent act. I've been saying this over and over and over the last two months. You don't want to die from famine. You don't want to die from starvation. People that have witnessed it say it is the most awful thing to watch someone die of starvation. Now, I'll give you a modern-day example of this. There are people that watched Terry Schiavo die, her parents. They were so PTSD destroyed by it that they couldn't tell the story. Mr. and Mrs. Shivo re- refused every requested interview because they were so devastated by having to watch their daughter die because of the wickedness then of the judicial system in the state of Florida and the demonically possessed ex-husband of hers or estranged husband of hers who insisted that, uh, that basically she was on a DNR after she had her event. So Mr. and Mrs. Shivo, Terry's parents, who were Catholics, had to sit there, stay there, kneel there, pray rosaries for their daughter's soul, They watched her starve to death. They were, again, they were so traumatized by it that they never spoke of it again. So horrifying to watch someone die of starvation or thirst. You don't want to see it. Well, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. You know, one of the things that they love the Lord over all of us Uh, the horrors of people that were imprisoned during World War II and afterwards in the gulags in the German concentration camps and then in the gulags this is not a license for any of you in the chat room to relive it we're not interested I only bring it up because what an irony that the same communists, the same fascists who brought about that human misery and suffering and that death in those camps and in those gulags now want to use it as a matter of policy. You see, then it was, no, these people must be separated from us because they don't agree with us. Well, wait a minute. Isn't that what they're saying today? These people need to be separated from us because we know how to drive hybrid cars. We know how to properly use coal-fired-generated electricity. Those people over there, they don't. And they need to die. Well what happens if they start to die? That's a risk we're willing to take. So Senator Hawley. Dust off. Go to take a Philosophia Perennis course, my friend, and find out that we're basically we're all Hobbesians now. Biden is a Hobbesian. And then he says, I'll uh, I'll close with this, right, uh, right, Senator Hawley. In A.D. 390, a crowd of Christians gathered at a pagan temple known as the Serapium in the city of Alexandria. It was a shrine to the god Serapis. A few years before, the virulently anti-Christian emperor Julian had attempted to throttle Christianity and purge Rome of Christian influence. Among other measures, he seized control of the education system and barred Christians from teaching. He demanded all students study in ways he approved. He commanded worship of the Roman gods, One of the gods was Serapis, or or Serapis. And now, on this day, in 390, in the shadow of the state's recent persecution, a group of Christians gathered at the temple to take a stand. In the center of the temple was a statue of the god, clutching in in his hands a three-headed serpent. uh, 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 The legend went that if any impious hand should dare to violate the majesty of the God, the heavens and earth would instantly return to their original chaos. One soldier stepped forward carrying an axe. His name is lost to history. All we know of him is what the, uh, the historian Rufinus tells us, that he was better protected by faith than by his weapon. And there in that moment, this one man made a choice. He made a choice to live free from the powers and principalities of his age. A choice to reject the dictates of emperors. A choice to strike a blow for the truth. The lone soldier climbed a ladder to the top of the statue and raised his battle axe. Then, with all his might, he drove it home. Onlookers reported that as the blow fell, the god's jaw broke away. And as it did, thousands of rats came surging out of the rotten inside. The woke left may seem powerful, and indeed they are. Opposing them may cost us much, but the truth is worth any cost. And that's what courage is. In the end, it is paying the cost, no matter how high, for the truth. And remember, remember the teaching of Scripture, the one that runs from first to end, that that, though the God of the universe could have accomplished his purpose entirely on his own, he chose instead to call us. He invites us to do his work and to follow him, and so let us count the cost and take our stand, for when we do, we shall turn the tide. You want me to tell you, Senator Hawley, what will really piss off the demonic hordes of the left? we really, 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 really celebrate commemorate every Friday. Thank God it's Friday. And you're going like, miniature, please! It's Friday! You can't eat meat! You can't celebrate too much! It's the day of the good the vegan! While we remember on Friday our Lord's sacrifice and we abstain some of the charms of this world and of the flesh. You don't eat flesh meat on Friday. You shouldn't. Uh, Maybe even give an entire meal up. I try to every Friday, at least one, sometimes two, sometimes just fast all day. But remember, Friday is the day that salvation is set into motion. There is no resurrection Unless there's a crucifixion, there is no resurrection and triumph over death unless someone dies. Every Friday, we you should remember this, and you should remind, state, tell every one of these in any way you can. Thank God. It's Friday, because on Friday, remember that the creator of heaven and earth so loved his creation, we are creatures, that's where we get the term creature from, so loved his creation that one third of the Holy Trinity, the second person of the Holy Trinity was sent to earth to be born of a virgin, to take our human nature on And as St. John tells us in his gospel, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Any person that can meditate upon that, which which would lead to contemplation, I believe, would then and should have, have a newfound appreciation, it's a word we don't use often enough, appreciation, appreciation for Fridays. Yes, you keep it holy. Yes, you do the abstinence. Yes, there's that sense of sorrow. But the sorrow, ultimately, the sacrifice is made to bring about the greatest joy. You and I have been given eternal souls. They're going to last forever into eternity. That's intentional. And you have one of four things that's going to happen, or or, or the four final things are going to happen to all, all of us death. Judgment, heaven, or hell. Well, thanks to Friday, heaven is possible. Remember, when our Lord descends into hell, we are told. And when he comes out, he unlocks the gate. The gates of heaven are now opened. And Moses and Elias, and I'm not making a theological point here, but those holy men and women of the Old Testament are now liberated and finally get the beatific vision. So without today and without every Friday, there is no Sunday. They can't take that away from you. Wear your crucifixes outside your shirt on a Friday. Show them, hey, this is where the source of my joy. Take all my food away. So what?